Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, December the 19th, 2023. It is currently 9.39 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, I cannot tell you the exact number of hours, but it has been a number of hours. I don't know the exact number, but it's been a number of hours that I have been thinking off and on about a breaking news story. It's not so breaking now because everyone is talking about it. My podcast feed is already blowing up with one podcast after another after another. Everyone is talking about it. But before we talk about that breaking news story, before I even mention it, let's talk about something I have been hinting at and kind of talking about off and on really leading up to the to December, leading up to the end of 2023. I keep saying that I feel, now I, I stress that's a feeling, right? Feelings are not an accurate representation of reality, okay? Feelings can mislead, but I feel there's just something in me. I'm not saying it means anything. But I just feel 2024 is going to be an absolute just disaster of a year. I think it's going to be filled with difficulty, challenges, chaos, confusion. I I think it's going to be an absolute mess. And and that's just talking about society at large. I don't even know where to begin what the church is going to look like in 2024. I think the church is going to be just a, a just an absolute mess in 2024. I just feel 2024 is going to be an, an, just a year of upheaval, chaos, confusion, difficulty, darkness, division, disunity, fighting, arguing, bitterness, hatred. I, I think it's just going to be an absolute mess. I'm not in any way saying it's going to be worse than, you know, at any time in history because we've had some really bad years in history, right? I'm not, I'm not saying there's going to be more difficulty and more confusion because it's been like that. But I just feel that we're going into 2024 and as a country here in the United States of America, we are absolutely divided. This divisiveness is everywhere in our country and everyone inside the church, outside the church. In fact, the church is literally no different than society, which is very discouraging and disappointing because at some point you would hope that the church could be different than society, that the church could be different than the world. But over and over and over, we act just like the world, even though even we, though we want to deny it. But the world right now is divided. And here's what's happened in, in the world. People have picked their side, right? And then once they pick their side, they isolated themselves, create these little bubbles. And the only information they want to hear is the information that comes from their side and agrees with their side. And they don't want to hear the other side. And whenever they speak about the other side, they dehumanize them. They, they reduce them to names and call them names, you know, and, and we could go through all the names. They just dehumanize them and mock and, and, and attack. And so you isolate, you indoctrinate, in a sense, you indoctrinate yourself only with the views that already agree with you. So that reinforces your perspective. You dehumanize the other side. And whenever people speak, they speak past one another, or even worse, they just speak at one another. And, and, and the country is so just broken and divided. And I feel that, that as we go into 2024, it's only going to get worse because we have this 
oh, we have this election coming up in 2024 to determine who will be the next president of the United States of America. And it's going to be an absolute train wreck of epic proportions. And I keep saying it, 2024, and, and all as, as this divisiveness is in the country where everyone's kind of picked a side, created their little bubble, and only gets information from their side that agrees with their side. And then we fight at each other and dehumanize each other. As that is true in society, Christians are no different. We find our little bubble, our own little side, our own little theological side. We create our bubble. We only listen to information that agrees with our side. And then what do we do? We attack and dehumanize people of the other side. I've talked about it so many times. You'll listen into Christian radio and they re- they mock, give names to Biden that mocks his mental ability. Well, come on. What? That's not a Christian thing to do. Calling people names, mocking Christianity is no different. We create, we, and, and then we, we dehumanize and attack uh, people within Christianity that we disagree with. We pick our side. We create our little bubble. We only listen to information that agrees with our side. We dehumanize and we attack. There's divis- divisiveness. Div- we're, we're divisive. We're, there's, there's just a, a mess in the church and outside the church. And it's only going to get worse. And, and guess what? The church is just as divided politically as the world is. In fact, in many ways, I don't even, sometimes you have to ask, does Christianity even do anything? Does it do it? Does it, does it provide anything? Now, we know these famous words that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Here are the, here are the words Paul wrote to the church at Philippi in the book of Philippians chapter two. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. Wouldn't it be great if Christians could be like-minded? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if Christians could be like-minded in their very church? Wouldn't that be great? Okay, like-minded, having the same love. Wouldn't it be great if they had the same love for one another and the same love for God? Being of one accord. Wouldn't that not be great if we could be of one accord? Of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Wouldn't that be awesome? And if we could have this mind in us, which then he talks about Christ in the incarnation, right? Very powerful passage. It's kind of the practical implications that Christ and his incarnation and what he did, being the eternal son of God, equal with God. And it since he laid aside glory and took upon the role of a servant, we're all supposed to have that mind as Christians, laying aside maybe our rights, our glory, our honor for other people. But no, 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 Christians, it's all about me, mine. It's, it's just a total mess right now. Well, we're, we're not to 2024 yet. It's December the 19th, but you can see 2024, it's right there. You can see it fast approaching. And the thing that's fast approaching, sadly, I don't think it's a, a something that's good. I think it's it's a tidal wave. It's a it's a train coming right at us. It's a it's a shark. It's a it's a I don't know what whatever you wanted to classify it as, it's not good. And to really kick things off before we even get to 2024, well, here is the breaking news. Hello from CNN. I'm Afoma DK with the five things you need to know for Tuesday, December 19th. 
In a historic 4-3 ruling, Colorado's Supreme Court has decided to remove former President Donald Trump from the state's 2024 primary ballot. They reversed the lower court's ruling that the insurrectionist ban in the 14th Amendment doesn't apply to the presidency. The state's Supreme Court says Trump's speech, calling for a crowd to march to the Capitol on January 6, 2021, was not protected by the First Amendment. Trump's removal won't go into effect until January 4th to give Trump time to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, a move Trump's campaign vowed to, quote, swiftly do. That's also a day before the state's deadline to certify the list of names for its GOP primary on March 5th. Trump denies wrongdoing for the Capitol attack and has beaten 14th Amendment challenges in several key states. Trump didn't address the matter during his campaign rally in Iowa, but several of his allies expressed outrage at the ruling. Israel's Yes, that's the latest. That's the latest. And breaking news, Trump is disqualified from the 2024 ballot. Colorado court says an explosive ruling. And the, the, the responses are coming in fast and furious, and they are extreme. And guess what you are seeing? The divisiveness play out right in front of our very eyes. Here's a little bit more about the story. This is from the New York Times. The decision, the first by a court to find that Donald Trump is ineligible to hold office again because he engaged in insurrection is likely to put a monumental case before the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court, it's going to be busy over the holidays because they have to make this decision. Really, I, I think they they need to make it before January, what, the second, fourth, whatever that is. They have to make it relatively soon. So they're going to be busy. And how are they going to rule? Well, you could say the conservative court, most likely they will rule in, in Trump's favor. Who knows? We'll see. Colorado's top court ruled on Tuesday that former President Donald J. Trump is disqualified from holding office again because he engaged in insurrection with his actions leading up to the January 6th storming of the Capitol. An explosive ruling that is likely to put the basic contours of the 2024 election into the hands of the Supreme Court. Now, there are articles everywhere about it. You can read it. I know you've probably got strong feelings. I know you've probably got strong emotions because according to most, you know, I don't know if the numbers are still the same, but at one point, you know, Trump had support of about 80% of white evangelicals. They're like Trump, 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 Trump. Some were crazy Trump supporters. Some are maybe moderately crazy. Some are just maybe like, well, I got to do something. And and then others are like, what are you doing? How in the world can you on one hand yell and scream about morality and, and character matters and then vote for Trump? Everyone has their opinions. But here's what I would ask you. To, and this is what I've been saying forever. Your preference. Your conviction of a political party, a political candidate, or a political platform should not in any way, shape, or form hinder, hurt, corrupt, impact negatively Christianity or the church or the gospel or calling people to Christ. 
You see, when the world looks and they're like 80% of white evangelicals, it's Trump, Trump, Trump. I don't get it. That seems a contradiction to everything the Bible stands for. Trump says this. Trump did this. Trump did this. He slept with a porn star. Did that. He's been found liable of sexual assault. All of these horror. And it's like, like they, they don't get it. And it's one thing to say, well, we've got to vote. We've got to vote. You're so worried about voting and winning elections that you seem to have forgotten about the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God in these things. We've seemed to have forgotten that. Now, it's one thing to say, okay, that's who I'm going to vote for, but you don't have to broadcast it, yell about it, scream about it, fight about it. You can say, I am going to put forth Christ, a Christian worldview. What I do there is is not anyone else's business. You can do so privately. But somehow, Christians became more evangelistic for Trump than they did Christ. Christians became more committed and fighting for America than the kingdom of God. Christians started sounding like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Fox Fox News far more than they sounded like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And these are things I've said year after year after year after year after year after year after year. I've been saying some of these things going all the way back to the 1990s when I started hearing Christian men sound more like Rush Limbaugh than Jesus Christ. This ruling is going to be explosive and it's going to create, it's going to bring forth those emotions. And I'm telling Christians, stop, 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 stop. Don't do that. Take a step back. What people need to see right now is Christ, the gospel. That's what we need to focus on, not the political. You may have strong feelings. You may have strong emotions. I'm not here to argue whether should or shouldn't. What I'm saying to do is don't allow that to become the thing people know you for. Don't let that become the thing you fight for. Don't let that become the thing that dominates your social media and your conversation. Don't let that take you or pull you down into the world of, of, of conspiracy theories and bearing false witness and promoting lies and misinformation and disinformation. Stop becoming, you know, a parrot for QAnon conspiracy theory. Become someone who, when people look to you, they see wisdom, biblical wisdom, not bearing false witness, trying to speak truth, putting away lies, trying to find right information. Someone who puts forth Christ and the word of God far more than their political allegiance. You should be known for your spirituality, not your political focus or your political party. The church has become known for make America great again, not we preach Christ and him crucified. The church has become more known for the so-called second coming of Trump to get back to the White House because he never lost it, remember? And we promote lies and we promote half-truths. Then we're about Christ. I was thinking of just a few scriptures. Obviously, the Philippians one is, I wish I wish that was the church. Same mind, same spirit, having this mind, being like Christ, taking on the role of a servant, putting others before ourselves, loving our enemies, not dehumanizing our enemies. But there was a couple of other scriptures. One that came to mind. 
Psalm chapter 20, the book of Psalms, book of Psalms, chapter 20. Psalm chapter 20, the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. That's what, that's what we want to know. Let other people trust in these earthly things, earthly might, earthly power, earthly position. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. That's what we need to remember. That's what we need to be known for. Other people want to be known for material, political, fleshly, worldly power and, 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 and position. No, 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 no. We want to be known for the name of God, right? I would hope. I want people to see the cross, not the American flag. That's why, even though it's it's maybe merely symbolic, I will not, could not, will never, under uh, uh, until I'm dead, will an American flag ever be in the sanctuary of my church or even on our property. I want people to see Christ and him crucified, not the American flag. We're not Americans. We're Christians first. And being Christians should make us very good citizens of America, but we are first citizens of the kingdom of God. And the reason it should make us good citizens is because Christ calls us, God calls us to obey, to love, to care, to serve, to turn the other cheek. Psalm 33. Psalm 33. I'm just going to read a lot of this. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. There's a rejoice verse. If you listen to us on Sunday, we spent a lot of time doing a topical study on rejoice. There's another one right there. You can see rejoice also in verse 11 of the previous chapter. Okay, but I won't, I won't start following that. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of 10 strings. Sing unto him with a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them. By the breath of his mouth, he gathered the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. For us, as we see the upheaval, the confusion, the chaos, the craziness in the world, don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in earthly power and earthly this and trying to gain earthly victories and fighting in fleshly ways. Our hope and trust is in a God who created everything, the omnipotent, all the omnipotent, omniscient, eternal one. And here speaks of his power and creation. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. He spake and he commanded and what he speaks and what he commands occurs. The Lord bringeth the, the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. God is in charge, not us. No one else is. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generation. His counsel, his word, his command, his will. 
We may not always not may not always understand it. We we could have that discussion. We may not always agree with it. We may even be horrified by it. But he's the one in charge. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom the whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of a, of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. Now, just a, a commentary. On, on 3316. Uh, it, it's another translation. No king is saved by the size of his army. No war, warrior escapes by his great strength. The verse highlights an important truth, emphasizing that victory and deliverance do not ultimately come from human might or power. It reminds us to place our trust in God rather than relying solely on our own abilities and earthly resources. We should be trusting God. Not earthly power, earthly politicians. We should be trusting in God, relying on him. In the context of Psalm 33, or in, the con- in the historical context of Israel, where kings and warriors played significant roles in military conflicts, this verse serves as a reminder that even the most powerful human leaders are ultimately subject to the will and providence of God. It challenges the notion that military strength alone can ensure victory or security. The verse encourages humility and dependence on God. It reminds us that the true deliverance and salvation comes from the Lord, who is greater than any earthly power. It calls for us to put our trust in God's strength and guidance, recognizing that human abilities are limited and and transient. Overall, Psalm 3316 teaches us the importance of seeking God's help and relying on his strength rather than putting our confidence solely in human abilities or or earthly resources. It reminds us that true and lasting victory comes from the Lord. And when it comes to political power, according to Romans, God is the one who will determine who's there. God is the one who puts them there. And then our response is to what? Submit to them because God is the one who put them there and to Fight or rebel is ultimately to fight and rebel against God. And I know people will go to the book of Acts and say, but, 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 but they, they didn't listen. That was religious leaders telling them not to preach in the name of Jesus. They rebe- were rebelling against religious leaders. But we, we could have that discussion. The, the world, right now, everyone's divided and everyone's fighting and everyone's arguing. Right now, I think I think as we go into 2024, society, the world, thinking, wisdom, everything is just going to slowly, I feel, slide deeper, deeper into darkness, confusion, and chaos. And the light that should be there is the church. And when I say the light, not because we're morally better, we're just as sinful as everyone else. But our light is that our focus is not on the world and there can, our, our focus is on Christ and him crucified. Our focus is on God is in charge. He is sovereign. He is powerful. We're not going to trust in chariots and we're not going to trust in horses. We're not going to trust in this. We know it, it, is, it is God, as, as the text says uh, in Psalm 33, 16. There is no king save the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered uh, by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his grace. 
great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him and upon them that hope in his mercy. We should fear him, trust in him, look to him, point to him. Because everything else is transient. Everything else is crumbling. Everything else is going to fall away. I don't have easy answers for any of this. I don't. But I know where we look to. That's what we do, right? It's, it's December the 19th. We're in the third week of Advent. got the wreath and the uh, Advent wreath and Advent candles right here next to me. I should be lighting those candles and remembering the light, the light who came into the world. Focus on that light. Focus on God, his word, his word that brings light. God is like in darkness. We look to God. We don't look to political powers. We don't look to political arguments. We don't look to conspiracy theories. We don't look to car becoming cultural warriors, but we become a, a warrior for the kingdom of God, and we do not entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life. I know many are calling for to run right into the culture war, jump in and try to build some theocracy that's all going to crumble and fall. It's a foolish, it's a fool's errand. What we need to do is step back and tell the world, no, 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 no. We're not following. We are not of this world. We are in it, but we're not of it. And we're going to step back and we're going to tell you, look, everything around you is crumbling, chaos, confusion. You're lonely. Suicide rates are through the roof. You're falling apart. Here's something better. It is God and his word. There's hope. There's, there's light. There's direction. There's purpose. There's foundation. Their stability. Sadly, they look to the church and they're like, the church is just as messed up as we are. And, and I know that's what happens over and over and over again. You can have whatever political opinion you want. I'm not here to fight about your political opinion. Same thing happened during COVID. I tried so many times to get people to focus on, on Christ and his word. I tried to do, get, the, get people to, to focus on, you know, the book, uh, the, uh, the uh, see, where, where, I have it right here, uh, of the imitation of Christ. Um, I tried to get people to read that. I tried to get people to do the Proverbs. I was, I was constantly trying to, hey, this, this COVID situation gives us an opportunity to really dig in spiritually so we'll come out of it better off spiritually. And what did it turn into? Chaos and confusion and conspiracy theories. And anytime I would try to address anything, I would get emails arguing about this and arguing about this thing about COVID and arguing about this and, argue, and COVID, COVID, COVID. And then, and then if you say anything about Trump, oh, the election was stolen and, and, and it, they, they will make bare false witness and crazy and chaos and they sound like QAnon. And you're like, you're missing the point. And they, they don't care because it's all about Trump. And, and it, well, they sound like a, a, an episode of Alex Jones. And you're like, what has happened to the church? I mean, I know that they don't do this literally, but figuratively, it seems like we've ripped the cross to the ground and said, weakness, useless. We don't want a crucified savior. We want a powerful Trump. That's almost what it acts like sometimes. I know, I know people will say, no, we've never done that. That's the way it comes across. We do not want a crucified savior. We want a triumphant political figure. 
We don't want to love our enemies. We want to curse them. We want to dehumanize them. We want to call them names. We don't care about commands and about not bearing false witness. We don't care. We'll make any accusations we want. Look at the accusations made at the election workers in Georgia. Well, that didn't turn out so good for Giuliani. Look at the lies, the defamation lawsuit against Fox. And they had to settle out of court for what, $785 million. There's people being sued now. They're finally, finally, people are being held accountable for their lies and their conspiracy theories. While many in the Christian world shared those same lies and those same conspiracy theories, and they did not repent or apologize or realize, man, what was I thinking? That wasn't Christ-like. So now everyone's going to be losing their minds over this. People are going to be, I, I am, I don't, I don't, oh man, I don't even, I'm afraid to turn on conservative podcasts tonight. I'm, I'm afraid to listen or, or tomorrow. I'm afraid to even hear what's going to, conservative media is going to be losing their ever living minds. They're going to be yelling and screaming. And, and, and the thing is, I, I'm afraid to turn on uh, American Family Radio tomorrow. I almost wanted to turn on American Family Radio tomorrow morning and just hear how crazy the Christian response is to it. Those are pencils that you hear in the background. Um, it's just going to be, it's just going to be crazy. It's just going to be chaos. Rise above it. Step away from it. Approach it biblically, carefully. Don't get pulled into it. And let people see Christ. Let people see light, not more darkness and confusion. There's got to be, oh, this is our, and this is an opportunity to tell the world that the church is different. We're not just an arm of the Republican Party. But the headline is, this is the breaking news. Trump is disqualified from the 2024 ballot. The, uh, the Colorado's top court ruled on Tuesday that former President Donald J. Trump is disqualified from holding office, again, because he engaged in insurrection with his actions leading up to the January 6th storming of the Capitol, an explosive ruling that is likely to put the basic contours of the 2024 election into the hands of the United States Supreme Court. Will it be overturned? Possibly. The Supreme Court's going to decide. So right now, people are going to be losing their minds as whatever you feel politically, you should just take a deep breath and wait. Once the Supreme Court makes the decision, then you can either celebrate or you can get yell and scream, right? But from a Christian, whatever the Supreme Court decides to do, 2024 is going to be divisive and chaotic and crazy and yelling and screaming and fighting. Don't get pulled into that. Let's step aside and let's present something different to a world that is confused desperately needs some light. You can give me your thoughts by emailing me at newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful evening. Pray for yourself that you will not get pulled into this. Pray for the church. Pray for our society. Thanks for listening. God bless.